Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we begin a three-part series with Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, which states, And do not get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. This message not only completes last week's message on the believer's consumption of wine or alcohol, but explains what Scripture truly means by being filled with the Holy Spirit. Please listen carefully to Pastor Harris as he teaches today's portion of this week's message entitled, Be Filled with the Spirit, Part 1. To consume the amount of alcohol in two martinis by drinking wine that contains three parts water to one part wine, you would have to drink about 22 full glasses to get the same amount of alcohol. In other words, it's possible to become intoxicated by wine mixed with three parts water, but it would affect your bladder long before it affects your mind. Okay, understand, we're not talking about the kind of thing that we call wine today. Now, the question then is, well, Jesus turned water into wine. Yeah, He did. And remember that the steward of the feast was amazed? This was the best wine. And that means He probably tasted it. So, are you saying to me that then He took that awesome wine and He diluted it with three parts water before He served it to people at the wedding feast? No, I'm not saying that. But I am saying that anybody at that wedding feast or any place that consumes enough alcohol to affect their thinking is in sin. You just can't get around that. Do not get drunk. Okay? You can add the with wine if you want to, but that's the mildest stuff, with wine or with beer, which is, I suppose, a little milder than wine, or strong drink. Don't be drunk. That's the line that the Bible draws, intoxication or drunkenness. So given the fact that the the standard wine drinking that was done in New Testament times is non-existent in our society, I think it's wise to be extremely conservative about what we practice or condone in the matter of the use of alcohol or any other drug that affects a person's mind. Now, can you have a couple of ounces of wine with a meal? I don't mind, but I'm telling you, if it's enough to affect your judgment a little bit, you've gone too far. So, you're better off, I think, if you just avoid it. And if you live in a culture where you don't have to purify the water that comes out of the tap, and you have so many other choices, um, I think better to just stay away. I think it would be, I think it would be really cool. I, I'm not going to do this, but I think it would be really cool if you're sitting in a restaurant somewhere and you overheard at the next table, somebody's ordering their meal, and they said, uh, and I would like a glass of wine, please, and a pitcher of water to dilute it. We just don't relate to the way that it was in New Testament times. Remember, in this context, we're talking about the wise walk, the wisest things to do 
as a new man in Christ. And the wisest thing for you to do is to not be drunk with wine. That's the negative illustration. Not be under the control of that substance, but to be under the control of the spirit of wisdom. And that brings us to the rest of Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. Now, here's my plan for this little portion of Ephesians. This touches very much on the doctrine of the Holy Spirit. It is a command that we be filled with the Holy Spirit. But there is, in our age, so much confusion about this whole subject of everything to do with the Holy Spirit that I want to employ a teaching technique that's very good when you're dealing with controversial issues. If you teach by contrast, it helps clarify things. So, I want to categorize some of the wrong concepts about the Holy Spirit and the filling of the Holy Spirit, and then biblical statements about the filling of the Holy Spirit. And so that's going to be our approach as we look at the half of this verse, which is be filled with the Holy Spirit. Here's a brilliant outline. Number one, inaccurate statements. Number two, biblical statements. And we're going to get partway through number one this morning. But first, I want to read the passage. I already read to you chapter 5, verse 18, but it's the beginning of a sentence. And I want you to see the whole sentence, and then we'll start looking at the top of the sentence again. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks for all things in the name of, the Lord, of our Lord Jesus Christ to God, even the Father, and be subject to one another in the fear of Christ. So understand, we're just talking about the, the be filled with the Spirit part. There are a lot of implications to that. And a lot of them are not merely personal, they are also corporate, speaking to one another in this way, being subject to one another in this way. So we'll get to all of those things. But let me start my list uh, when we finish it, uh, unless I add one next week, I don't think I will, uh, inaccurate statements. I want to give you eight inaccurate proclamations that you may have heard concerning the Holy Spirit, the filling of the Holy Spirit, and His ministry to believers in general. It's going to be helpful to think these things through because if you don't see what's wrong with these ideas, uh, it leaves you open to confusion. So, bear with me. I think, you'll, I think you'll see some order come out of this. Number one, you must ask in order to receive the Holy Spirit. This is a corollary of the teaching of certain branches of Christianity who say that the Holy Spirit comes to you in a separate event that happens after salvation. Uh, that's completely contrary to what the Bible says, but that is taught by many people that, okay, yeah, you need to hear the gospel, you need to believe, you need to declare your faith in Christ, and then later you have to submit your application in triplicate for review by the, community, by, by the committee, and then perhaps you will be given the promotion whereby you receive the Holy Spirit. I'm being facetious, but I want you to catch on uh, to the point. There's no such thing anywhere as a Christian without the Holy Spirit. He indwells every child of God from the instant 
that that person receives Christ and the free gift of eternal life. Let me show you a few scriptures to support that. You probably know these, but I want to reinforce them. Romans chapter 8, verse 9. However, you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. Now, notice two categories of people. Romans chapter 8, you're either in the flesh or you're in the Spirit. That's the difference between non-Christian, Christian, lost, saved, dead, alive. That's the contrast between in the flesh or in the Spirit. However, you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. But if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. So a person who doesn't have the Holy Spirit doesn't belong to Christ. That should be the absolute end of the discussion. How can anyone read that and think it's possible to be a Christian and not have the Holy Spirit? doesn't happen. 1 Corinthians 12, 13, another one. For by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body. We all, all believers, we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and we were all made to drink of one Spirit. You receive the Spirit as a work of God. It's not something you ask for later. It's part of the package, which is salvation. Then there's 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and that you are not your own? Now, the interesting thing there is that that verse is in a context addressed to Christians who were sinning. And Paul says clearly that they possess the Holy Spirit. He doesn't say, go out and get the Holy Spirit. You have the Holy Spirit within you. So why would you want to drag the Holy Spirit through your sin? One more. We saw this one in chapter 1 of Ephesians, verses 13 and 14. In Him you also, after listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed... You were sealed in Him with the Holy Spirit of promise who is given as a pledge of our inheritance with a view to the redemption of God's own possession to the praise of His glory. So, you heard, you believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit. That is the end of your gaining the Holy Spirit. You will have the Holy Spirit every moment until your redemption is completed by the glorification of your body. All right. Inaccurate statement number one, you must ask in order to receive the Holy Spirit. Number two, you must regularly ask the Spirit to fall afresh upon you. You Like on your internet browser, you have to refresh the screen to get the data to update, kind of that idea. If you've been a Christian for a while, you've probably, or you may have sung a, a, a beautiful chorus. I like it. I like the pathos of it. I like the I like the uh, sentiment of part of it, but it goes like this. I'm not going to sing it. Don't worry. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. Melt me, mold me, fill me, use me. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. Like I said, I like the sound of that chorus. It's, it's very singable. I like the sentiment Melt me, mold me, fill me, use me. I think that should be the cry of the heart of any child of God, uh, to, to mold me as He alone knows best. But the problem is that the rest of the prayer that is in that chorus contradicts what the Bible says. 
If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.